You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. They started out a meet up in Tennessee. The best equestrian team that you ever did see. Today they beat the Bears with a score of 14. With a final MOP from a D and a green. Auburn, Auburn Equestrian Queens of the Sport this year. Welcome to War Horses, the only equestrian podcast that obsesses over MOP gifts as much as the actual scores that won them. I'm your host, Auburn Elvis. Let's get started, y'all. Now, first off, I want to explain that little song I sang in the intro. This is kind of a new thing I'm doing these days. I've learned that having a podcast where you're the only one talking for 20, 30 minutes, it means you got to break that up somehow. So these little intros are just step one in my plan to create a fun equestrian podcast that appeals to Auburn fans. So if you are not an Auburn fan, well, congratulations for getting this far. Now, let's talk about how Auburn did against Baylor. Coming into this meet, Baylor was ranked ninth in the official Farnham rankings. And just a word about those rankings, most of those are wrong. Uh, the only part that they seem to get right over there is who is number one every week. That's Auburn, but that's really the easy part. The tough part is what you're going to do with those other nine spots. But in this case, the NCAA voters actually got this one right too. Baylor has three wins, five losses. They beat TCU in November, and then they turned right around and lost to them last week. So Baylor is last in the Big 12, and that kind of is about the number 19 in the nation. So they got that job. They got that right. So it's a tough draw for Baylor to have to go on the road last week. They lost that, and now they got to turn around and go on the road this week and ride against the best team in the nation. And as it turned out for Auburn, about the only disappointment in the day was how quickly we ran of those ran out of those uh, bobble-headed, or actually bobble-tailed, Albie figures that we were giving away at the swag table. It was Auburn fast, y'all. Uh, but in the meet, Auburn started off uh, the day in equitation on the flat and looked really good. Auburn's Ava Stearns turned in a 91 on her ride, and everybody at that point thought, well, hey, there's your MOP ride. But then one of the dang Baylor girls, uh, Gracie Thiel, she rode a 91 on that same horse. So that was a tie. They cancel it out. And because of the MOP rules, they say that you really need to have the MOP ride uh, be one that actually won her point. So if you have a tie, nobody won that point. And the the rationale, the rationale on that is that you really want to have a ride that was demonstratively better than her opponent. So if you tie, then you really can't say that. So that left open the chance that someone else was going to win the MOP ride, and that was Auburn's Michaela Langmire. She would end up winning the uh, uh, MOP on that with her ride, and don't have the number here, but it was high. It was great. 
uh, and Auburn would actually win the uh, event, the flat event, three to one. So the next event coming up was horsemanship. Over in the covered ring, uh, Auburn ended up sweeping this event five to nothing, and that kind of signaled this was going to be a really good day for Auburn. Um, the only uh, head-to-head, uh, there was one of them that came close where Baylor had a chance of getting it, but the other four were at least six-point difference in the score, which is a huge difference, y'all. Uh, Auburn's Taylor Searles took MOP honors with her ride in that event. Next up was Fences. Um, Baylor would actually get two whole points in this event, so they did real well. Uh, we had an Auburn rider. She knocked down one of the poles off of one of the gates in her ride, and so that gave uh, Baylor the highlight of their day was an Auburn mistake. Uh, but it's pretty uncharacteristic of her. Her ride was actually really good. She almost won the point even with knocking that pole off, uh, but she didn't. Baylor got that point. Okay, great. Good job for y'all. Uh, but elsewhere in that event, Auburn's Taylor St. Jacques was the clear MOP winner in this event. She had a 92-point ride in fences, and Auburn ended up winning the whole event 3-2. to two. So, with that, Auburn had won the day. Uh, we were entering the final event reigning with an 11-3 lead, and the only drama was going to be, uh, you know, how badly we would win. Uh, there was also a little bit of drama where they had a couple of horses where they uh, had to do a re-ride. Um, there was just some issues where the horses didn't do too well, and the uh, Baylor coach requested re-rides. They were granted that. One Auburn rider had already ridden on one. Um, the Auburn rider that was going to be riding on the next horse, they got swapped out. She hadn't ridden yet. It was technically a re-ride, even though she wasn't re-riding it. Her opponent was. So, anyway, they both re-rode. Uh, didn't slow Auburn down much. Uh, Auburn ended up winning the event 4-1 to with Deanna Green winning MOP on her ride. So, Auburn won the whole meet 15-4. to They remain undefeated. And more importantly, we keep alive our streak of the MOP stick horses always being won by Auburn riders. War Eagle. Uh, and, you know, this was just another example of how strong Auburn's team is. We're certainly not riding perfectly, but we are so strong and so deep enough as a team that uh, even if we make a few mistakes here and there, we can make up for it because we're so good, y'all. It was a beautiful day at the Equestrian Center. I got to walk around. I met some of y'all. It was really nice to get some feedback on the podcast and just, you know, see how folks are enjoying it. That was really nice. So, yeah, if you're out there, you know, one of these meets and you see me, come on over. Tell me who you are. You know, if your last name is suspiciously similar to one of the last names of one of our riders, I'd like to know that. Um, but just, you know, tell me what you like or don't like about the podcast, and I'll probably ask you questions too. Um, yeah, I just love meeting all y'all. It's, it's really cool. So that was the Auburn meet. Let's look around the rest of the sport. There weren't as many meets going on this weekend. The first one that we'll talk about is Texas A&M at SMU. As a reminder, Texas A&M is an up-and-down team. they got talent, but they really struggle to put together two strong meets back-to-back. Now, last week, they had a bit of an off week. They lost to South Carolina in a tiebreaker, so it kind of stands to reason that they would bounce back again um, or and, and do well against SMU Mustangs. But nope, they lost on the road 7-12. to uh, Texas A&M didn't even win a single event. They went two and three in flat, two and three in horsemanship, one and four in fences, and tied reigning two to two. It is really hard to win a meet when you don't win any of the events in the meet. I'm just saying. 
So this was a disappointing meet for the Aggies all around. It also was not a very good look for the conference uh, when, you know, the team that's currently tied for second in the SEC can't even beat, you know, a middle-of-the-back team in the, in the uh, oh, well, no, they're, they're not in the Big 12. SMU is just an independent. Okay, well, still, it's not that great. Um, but A&M's going to get a chance to rebound next week. They go on the road to number two Oklahoma State. So they're going to play an even stronger team, and hopefully they will beat them and restore some honor to the SEC. Uh, SNU, on the other hand, they have now beaten Oklahoma State and Texas A&M in consecutive weeks. So good job, Mustangs. Next, we have a Big 12 matchup that added a little bit more clarity to their conference standings. TCU at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State put last week's loss to SMU behind them, and they rode very well against their conference foe, winning 14-5. Oklahoma State won fences and flat, 4-1 each. Then they went into horsemanship and won that 3-1 and won reigning 3-2. So a few minutes ago, when I said how hard it was to win if you don't win any of your events, well, this would be the exact opposite of that. And just to let you know how that kind of affects the Big 12 race, uh, going into this weekend, the Cowgirls were tied with Fresno State for first place. Uh, oh, and Fresno State, in a lot of other sports, is not in the Big 12, but in equestrian, they do compete in the Big 12 because they needed a conference, and the Big 12 needed a fourth team. And I guess they didn't want to take SMU, so they took Fresno State. So Fresno State had been tied. Uh, they didn't ride this week, so uh, they still have that record of 2-2, uh, two and two, but that's going to change because they finally go on the road some more. Uh, it's been a long time, so they're going to go on the road, and we'll see what that does to their record. TCU is the number three team in the Big 12. They have a 2-3 and three record uh, after their loss this week, and so they're actually hosting Fresno State. So that'll be a Big 12 matchup, and we'll see what that does to the standings as well. Uh, one important note is TCU actually beat Fresno State in Fresno. I know, that's crazy, right? At the very beginning of the season, uh, TCU went on the road and upset. Well, I guess it wasn't an upset. They just beat them because it was like the first meet. So they beat Fresno State in Fresno, which is shocking. Um, and if they can do it again, then that's going to keep TCU. That's going to basically guarantee that TCU will not finish last in the Big 12. Because, of course, the last place pretty much is locked up by Baylor at this point. They're not doing very well. Now, a quick note about some awards that I want to mention. The SEC finally remembered that there was a month of January and that there were some meets in that month. So they have gotten around to announcing the Riders of the Month for the SEC. And Auburn's Taylor St. Jacques won for Fences, Deanna Green won for Raining, and Taylor Searles won for Horsemanship. Congratulations, ladies, and War Eagle. Now, let's talk a little bit more about the rankings. I have mentioned to you, and I'm going to mention a little bit more here, that the official NCA rankings need some work. I, in fact, I really wonder if these voters are paying attention to all these teams because they have a lot of teams with similar records uh, that are, are ranked in ways that do not reflect the head-to-head -head results between those two teams. Now, just to give you an example, here's what the rankings were two weeks ago going into the Auburn-Georgia meet. So this is right before Auburn and Georgia rode against one another, and you know other meets happened that same weekend. So here's what it was. Auburn was number one, of course. That one you can just assume. Uh, they get that right, by the way. Number two, Oklahoma State. All right. Number three, Georgia. Okay. Number four, South Carolina. Sure. 
Number five, Texas and M. Okay, number six, Fresno State. Uh, and then, you know, the rest you don't really have to pay attention to, except for number 10 is UT Martin. That will become important in a second. Now, here's what happened in that weekend. Now, of course, Auburn beat Georgia. So, the number three team lost to the number one team. Okay, great. The number two team lost to the number eight team. Okay, that's a bit of an upset. Uh, then, you know, number four and five rode against each other and barely beat each other in a tiebreaker. Okay. And then number 10 lost to an unranked team. Okay. So here's what the rankings look like after that weekend. Again, number one's Auburn. That's easy. You know, that's like putting your name on a test and getting 10 points. Number two, Oklahoma State. No change. So Oklahoma State lost to the number eight team and did not fall at all? That's crazy. So number three is now South Carolina. Okay, I don't have a high opinion of South Carolina personally, but whatever. And number four is Fresno State. Number five is Georgia. So Georgia, who the rankings people thought was the third best team going into the weekend, Georgia loses to the top team, undefeated Auburn. Ain't nobody beaten Auburn yet, and so Georgia wasn't expected to win that, so they lost exactly like they were supposed to, and they dropped two spots. That ain't fair, y'all. That just that just ain't fair. Then you got TCU, SMU, Texas A&M, which fell a lot for only losing barely to the team that was ahead of them anyway. Oh, boy. And then you got number nine, Baylor, which, okay, they deserve to be number nine. And then you have UT Martin still at number 10. And you're like, oh, my goodness, come on. UTC, UT Martin has this uh, about the same record as UC Davis, and they just played one another that weekend. UC Davis should be number 10, y'all. <sighs> I know it's confusing for all y'all who don't follow the rankings like I do, so I'm going to help you out. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to tell you what the rankings are. I'm going to come up with the Auburn Elvis rankings, all right? And I'm going to tell them to you. Now, a lot of y'all would say, hey, why, why does this even matter? It's just the rankings. You know, once they get into the tournament, it ain't going to matter. Well, here's why it matters. One, I care about it, okay? The other reason that it matters is uh, sports information directors, they have to keep track of how many weeks their teams are in the top whatever. And so... These voters, they owe, well, first they owe me an apology, because again, I care about it. And second, they owe Georgia Equestrian Sports Communication Director Kara Logan an apology as well, because she's the one who has to keep track of all this, and it is not right that her team fell so far. That's not her fault, and the ranking people owe her an apology. So, here are the Auburn Elvis rankings. All right, to start off, in position prime, which is a position that is higher than number one that I invented, is Auburn. Okay, so Auburn is in that position. In position number one, I have left it blank, and that symbolizes all the teams that are currently recruiting better than Auburn, which is zero for all you Alabama fans out there. Now, at number two, I have a tie, Oklahoma State and Georgia. And what's weird is these two teams will not play each other this season you know, Georgia tries to duck all the good teams. Can't duck Auburn, though. Um, so they're not going to play Oklahoma State this season. So we won't really know who's better between these two teams until maybe in the national championship. It would be really cool if they played one another. So hopefully that'll happen. But they're both tied for number two. Number four is South Carolina. Um, you know, they're tied for second in the SEC right now, and that should count for something. So, you know, there you go. So they'll they'll be number four. Number five is Fresno State. Now, 
Some people would say, well, Fresno State should be higher than South Carolina. Uh-uh, y'all. Because they have ridden against one another in head-to-head. At the very beginning of the season, South Carolina rode against Fresno State. They beat Fresno State, and head-to-head results should matter. So, there you go. Next, number six, SMU. The Mustangs are riding really well right now. They just beat Texas A&M. So, yes, they move up in the Auburn Elvis rankings. Number seven is Texas A&M. Boy, they got a lot of talent, but boy, they are just, they are manic depressive, and right now they are in the depressive phase of that. This team has so much talent, but yeah, they're just not getting it done. Number eight is TCU. Okay, they're a middle of the pack Big 12 team, so boom, you get number eight. Uh, number nine is the bottom of the barrel uh, Big 12 team, and that's kind of where they should be, number nine. But number 10 should not be UT Martin. Number 10 is UC Davis. So there you go. That is the Auburn Elvis Top 10. Now, it is time for a new segment in the podcast that I'm calling I Might Have Been Wrong About That. This will be a segment where I get to go back and give y'all some more information about something that I might have been wrong about. If you recall, in the Baylor look ahead last week, I said Baylor was better in the Western events than they are in their jumping seat events. Well, seeing as how almost all of their points against Auburn came in the jumping seat, I might have been wrong about that. But I wasn't. Here's why. The previous week, Baylor lost most of their points to TCU in the jumping seat, but it is now obvious that the only reason they did that was to make Auburn and me think that they were worse in jumping seat than they actually were. So good job, Baylor. You sneaky. You fooled me. But you still lost to Auburn. The next thing I want to mention in this segment is how I have been pronouncing a certain Auburn writer's last name, Paige Matthews. Now, if you look at how her name is spelled, it is obviously pronounced Matthews, which, as everyone knows, is the plural form of the word Matthew. Uh, but yesterday, that PA announcer at Auburn, he sure did call her Paige Matthias a lot, so I might have been wrong about that. But I wasn't, because, you see... It was all part of my plan to get Paige an extra year of eligibility by having her compete under two different names. But y'all ruined it, okay? But that's okay. We are going to get that extra year back when Maddie Spake changes her name to Maddie Spack. Ah, boy. (laughs) Who knew there was so much deception and intrigue in the sport of Team Equestrian, y'all? Alright, so now let's look ahead. Auburn is going to be off this week. Uh, Fresno State is finally going to go on the road this week, and Georgia is going to travel to South Carolina and try to break that second in the uh, SEC logjam that we're seeing. Also, we can't forget about Oklahoma State and Texas A&M, who will be riding against each other as well. Uh, So I will probably do a quick update of those meets once they're done, and I'll do a look ahead to the uh, next Auburn opponent, which is South Carolina, that's going to be coming here to Auburn in two weeks. So... That's it for this show. Once again, I'm your host, Auburn Elvis. Thank you very much for listening. War Eagle and War Horses. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. 
If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?